welcome to the Life Right Here, Inner Medicine Tools for Present Moment Living. I'm your host, Emma Waters, yoga teacher, educator, and inner medicine coach. We'll explore all things yoga, Ayurveda, and contemplative practice to give you practical tools and insight to reduce overwhelm, soothe the nervous system, and remind you of who you are at your core, right here in this moment. The Life Right Here is your weekly prescription of peace, presence, and power. Let's tune in. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 53 of the Life Right Here podcast. I'm relieved to get this episode to you today after a shaky start to the week. And it's actually the events of the past couple of days that have inspired this episode. I had another topic planned, but I thought, no, I want to explore this, even if it's just for myself to work it through. But I actually think it is something that you'll find interesting to reflect on for yourself. So let's jump in. I just want to set the scene a little bit and talk you through what was going on for me on Tuesday that led to some deep reflection. And then I'll relate it to some yogic concepts that stood out to me as a way to explain it all, because it's just what I do, (laughs) relate it back to yoga. And yes, I do have an overactive capacity for reflective thinking. It's just how I'm made. And I've also just had John O'Donoghue's voice pop into my head, actually saying, praise, 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 the way it happened and the way it is. I'm not going to do an Irish accent. (laughs) And they weren't actually his words, but it's what he calls a benediction of happening, uttering a blessing ultimately for how things panned out. Because whatever happened, even when we're perceiving it as a bad thing, we have an opportunity to grow in our awareness and expand our capacity to deal with difficult or uncomfortable things in the future. So on Tuesday this week, from the moment I opened my eyes (laughs) from my night's sleep, and let's be clear, I slept all night without waking up, but from the moment of waking, it felt like I was wading through mud, carrying a pack filled with potatoes. (laughs) Sorry, that's a very weird choice of metaphor, but I've chosen potatoes there because It reminds me of when I was in my early 20s, I think, and I walked the overland track with my mum and sister Lucy and a young man doing this week-long walk in the Tassie wilderness at the same time as us brought as his only source of food for a week a bag of raw potatoes. (laughs) And so it's a fitting metaphor in this story because Not only did I feel weighed down, but I just felt like I had no resources, (laughs) tools, food that were appropriate to sustain me, even just for a day, let alone lift me out of the funk that had descended. Now, this guy literally, as we'd say in my family, had sweet bugger all (laughs) for this trek, but I just felt like I did, but more on that later. I felt exhausted 
and I stayed in bed while Marley got showered and dressed and ready for school, which is when I would usually be finishing my yoga practice. Mistake number one, I skipped my practice. (laughs) I eventually dragged myself out of bed to make her lunch and wave her off, but then immediately just felt a wave of anxiety wash over me. And actually, it wasn't a wave, it was a tsunami. (laughs) It felt immobilizing and I could not muster the focus or motivation to do anything on my to-do list. Now, I think it's important to mention here, might be too much information for some people, but it was day two of my cycle. And so as my cycle jumps here, there and everywhere as a 46-year-old, I'm finding that symptoms for me are all over the place too. So I can't predict when this sort of incapacitation, if that's a word, (laughs) is going to happen. It used to be in the lead up to menstruation, but this time around it was day two. Same feelings though, so it was familiar territory. And as luck would have it, actually I had a fairly clear schedule. I didn't have any appointments or one-on-one clients. I was just teaching my yoga class at 5pm, thank goodness. But as I mentioned, I did have a huge to-do list and was pretty excited to get stuck into it because it was Marley's first proper day back at school. But of course, my plans were wiped and I was not thinking praise, praise, praise the way it happened and the way it is. (laughs) I can tell you, John, I was not thinking that. I won't go into all the details here, but I want to tell you the main thing I noticed and the main thing that led to this reflection. I've realized that I don't know how to be a person that is not productive. I had things to do, tasks to tick off, people to contact, classes to prepare, a podcast to make. (laughs) And when I couldn't muster the wherewithal to get a single thing done, well, actually, I I lie, I did get a few emails sent off to alleviate my discomfort a little bit. (laughs) I had to do something. But my mind went into a spin and I get really self-critical in those moments That in the past has been culminating in thoughts like, why are you even attempting to live this life as a yoga teacher anyway? What a loser. (laughs) You're not really doing much, are you? But that's my alarm bell now. And I've joked privately with my students about it. And I might have even mentioned it here on the podcast. That as my cycle gets a little more erratic, so do I at certain times. But that it only usually lasts a day. So if they get a text saying classes are cancelled forever to ignore it, because in 24 hours, they're likely to get another one saying, oops, (laughs) sorry, that was my hormones texting you yesterday. It's kind of funny, but it is unsettling. And so this has been happening to me, this day of incapacitation for probably a year now. And it's the first time I've had that particular thought I don't know how to be a person that is not productive and feel okay about it. And it feels like I've opened a treasure chest there. Sorry, I'm using way too many metaphors today, but it feels like gold. And I just want to pause the story here to relate this back to yoga in two ways. Because this realization is about awareness 
And yoga in its essence is a path that supports people to connect with their unchanging awareness. Beneath their bodily experience, like hormones, <laughs> beneath their thoughts, emotions, beliefs, personality, which are all constructed. And that awareness, it starts in the physical body with the asanas, the poses, but it spreads through your life the longer you practice. And the unchanging awareness that is present beneath all of that, which is characterized by joy, contentment and peace, is what we aspire to connect with through our yoga practice and then access it in our day-to-day life to help us in those times of suffering or to mitigate suffering. And in my experience, we can, through our physical practice, touch that place of peace and joy and contentment the more we practice, but it's harder to access that in the trials of daily living. There's just so many layers to peel off. A lifetime of layers of conditioning and of identification with these external constructs like I'm only a worthwhile human if I'm productive. Because when I'm not productive, I've noticed I quickly switch into self-criticism. And I want to add that day to day, generally, I actually have a lot of self-compassion. I don't work myself to the bone by any means. I love doing all the things I do. But I'm actually going to further explore this idea of being of value and worthwhile, whether productive or not. And maybe it's an invitation to explore that in your own life. What comes up for you when you have a day where you can't get the things done that you want to get done? And I think these ideas possibly even more tricky for me because I have a wonderful husband, but one who is very efficient, organized, productive, and hardworking, and he values these things highly. And I'm not here to say any more about that, and I don't judge him for that. It's just a fact. And it's intensifying my own thoughts around how valuable I am when I can't do much. That might be something to ponder for yourself as well. But I think that it's perhaps only those who've consciously peeled back the layers of this conditioning, consciously made space for doing absolutely nothing productive and working through the mental kickback from that. And this can be my practice on those days. (laughs) That you could actually get to a point where you can say, I'm fine doing nothing at all. I think it's ingrained into us from a very early age. But we all have the capacity to connect with another layer of who we are beneath our human suffering. Marlisa Sullivan in her book, Understanding Yoga Therapy, describes it as being in conscious relationship to awareness underlying our day-to-day experience. And it's, that's the foundation of yoga therapy itself. And so I'm noticing in myself a shorter time now between waking up feeling awful, not getting things done and having that thought, you're a loser, (laughs) and then connecting consciously back to the place 
that is aware of what's happening and interrogating that thought a little. Because 15 years ago, I would have been in that space for who knows how long. Much longer. And the second way I want to relate this experience of mine to yoga is via the niyamas. Now, the niyamas, I've mentioned them before, but they're the second limb of the Ashtanga yoga system, the eight-limbed path described by Patanjali, and there are five niyamas. They're five attitudes or restraints that help to free us from unhelpful habits, and they guide us towards peace of mind. And the second one of these is santosha. It translates as contentment. And it's a kind of contentment that comes from within. And it's not dependent on external circumstances. You know those times on holidays, maybe you're watching a sunset or sipping on a cool drink and everyone's getting along and you think, ah, I'm just so content. This is the life. That is not Santosha. (laughs) With Santosha, in a sense, we're free from desire or craving and we transcend those dualities of of life, like happy and sad, productive, unproductive, and we're just profoundly at ease within ourselves, no matter what's going on around us. And I must say, I have many days a month where I feel a deep sense of contentment in the everyday use of the word. And actually, I've started this year feeling the most at ease I've ever felt on the whole. Obviously, that wasn't the case on Tuesday morning this week. But I haven't got to the point where I can wake up feeling the way I did and just open to feeling content about it. I'm still pushing back for a good few hours And feeling bad about myself for being that way. Ranju Roy and David Charlton, they have a commentary on the Yoga Sutras. They describe Santosha as being content with what is. Being content with waking up tired, being okay about not getting my to-do list done, resting a body that's asking for it when I really want to go and do a workout. (laughs) allowing the tears to flow without feeling like this shouldn't be happening. I'm not there yet, but each time this happens, I'm getting closer. And actually, on Tuesday, I cut off the you're such a loser thought immediately. And I didn't wallow in that one. There was no thought of sending out the classes cancelled text. (laughs) I let that arise and then moved on. Ranju and David believe that Santosha becomes possible as our link to what is inside becomes stronger. And I've definitely found that to be true. That link to what is inside of me has only strengthened over the years of my practice. And so this possibility is definitely getting closer. It's tested (laughs) by the experience of life and particularly at this life stage. But it ultimately gives us the ability to be with what is arising. It's not just the bliss of a deep meditation or a sunset in Bali. 
And contentment doesn't mean we give up on our ambition or become complacent, but we take the pressure off and come to accept that our life is good enough. And that's a really radical concept in the world that we live in. And so I want to mention now how the day unfolded. Once I had the thought, I don't know who I am if I'm not productive, I decided to open to non-productivity. I replaced the thought with whatever I do today is good enough. I got on my mat after skipping my morning practice. (laughs) It's very rare that I do that, but it was just that muddy in the morning. I breathed and moved I rested and wrote in my journal and I listened to music from an inspiring heart-centered artist I love called Fia. And I'll put a link. Some of you know her. If you've been on my retreats, you've heard some of her songs. I'll put a link in the episode description to her music. And by the time 5pm rolled around to teach, I was feeling so much better. And teaching yoga always lifts that to another level anyway. So the end of the day was completely different to the start. I ended the day with today was good enough. And when the same day rolls around in about a month's time, (laughs) I feel like I will be more aware and able to accept what the day is without any expectation that it should be different. This is a massive growth for me in terms of being okay with not doing much. So these simple practices of breath, Movement, writing, music, obviously they're external things that I put into practice to feel better. So I've not achieved Santosha, clearly, or it wouldn't have taken me half the day to get to a better inner state, but they completely shifted how the day panned out. And I feel a sense of gratitude for having these resources to draw on. Turns out my sack wasn't full of raw potatoes. (laughs) I'd love to hear what you'd put on your list if you created one and you might want to create one of things that you can draw on to pull yourself out of a funk or soothe yourself when things aren't going the way you expected, when you're not getting through your to-do list and you're finding yourself really beating yourself up about it. I find I can cultivate contentment by really appreciating the small things in my life that bring comfort or joy. Things that cost nothing like a sunrise, the smell of incense or a hot cup of chai. And yes, they're external to us, but I feel like they build this inner sense of gratitude, which brings more ease and a feeling of being enough. Cultivating simplicity adds to this sense of a good enough life. And it supports me to get things done that I want to, but open to the day or couple of days each month where I can't get much done. So I'd love to hear your own relationship to productivity, what that's like, how your mind reacts when you don't get through what you intended to, or maybe you can relate to changes in your cycle that have felt a little destabilizing. What do you do to bring stability back? As usual, you can message me on Insta or just send me an email. There's a link to both in the episode description. 
So I may not have solved any great problems here, <laughs> but hopefully it's food for thought and at the very least you feel less alone in your humanness. Have a great week and remember to say to yourself at the end of this week, it was good enough. Bye for now.